Hello, and welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an eye. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I am Jake. And joining us today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Ethan Barker. Hello. And today, we are finishing our coverage of United States of Terra. Season 3, episodes 7 through 12. It's the sunset show. Terra has left us. Tara has left us yet again. How many times have you watched the series? I think that this is actually only my second time watching it what? straight through. I've wow. watched like episodes individually throughout I'm the years. Sorry, I can't find my wig. <laughs> Are you not that much of a Tony Collette fan? Is that what we're learning? I'm not. I just wanted an excuse to start a podcast. That's... Wait, 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 wait. You've never watched you've never rewatched the entire thing? No. What? How do you know so much about it? I've uh, You've seen every episode, but you have yeah. not in order. What? You've seen every episode many times, but not in order. No. I watched the series through once, and then sometimes I'll watch, like, Tarando. Oh my, <laughs> my mind <laughs> is blown. I, <clears throat> I think this was my one, two, at least, like, minimum fourth time oh, wow. watching the whole thing. So they showed Brandon, and I watched it like twice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Anyway. I don't love rewatching things just because I know what happens. I guess, but you know so much about it. I guess you retain a lot really easily. Maybe. No, you have rewatched episodes. We've watched them together. Yeah, episodes, but not like. Yeah, but you've watched the pilot eighty thousand times. Yes, the pilot, which is the worst episode. Yeah. You know what? Actually, the worst episode I think was the episode six of this season because nothing happens yeah because I, I never remember it and the beaver lamp thing well we'll get to that okay you like the show right i do i'm like fine on it no it's like one of my favorite shows <laughs> um yeah this is my third time okay. watching it in full did you watch the whole series in anticipation of this moment well no i watched the whole series like completely like disconnected to the Tony Awards a couple weeks ago, just Wait, because there are things disconnected to us. I it, there it was there was a time in my life before the Tony Awards. Like now, that's what my life revolves around. <laughs> but I was just like realized that I'd never shown my boyfriend this show, so I was like, I think you'll really like it. And we sat down and watched the whole thing in like probably over two or three nights, um, and it was amazing. He loves it. He's that's like, a good moment. Equally a big fan though. Nice. Yeah, I've never shown someone this show or told them to watch it. And ha- not had a strong reaction from. Yeah, and we then told like three or four of his friends, and so there's like a whole network now of people <laughs> who I've brought into the world wow. of Tara. That happened with me and my younger sister's friends in like mm-hmm. 2014. I had my sister watch it, and then she had all her friends watch it, and then I was like 19 in a Facebook Messenger group chat with a bunch of like 14 year olds. Where we would just talk about yeah. um, the I'm all out of love scene. Yeah, iconic. At the piano. My perception on this whole series has changed. I mean, I still love it, but a lot of my ideas of the characters changed. Yeah. Um, from rewatching it five years after I initially watched it, which I think mm. is <coughs> valuable. And it also speaks to the, um, uh, the quality of the writing with all these people are so many different ages. Like, the the teens and, like, the adult experience. Not that I'm anywhere near the age of Tara, but, like, seeing things from a slightly more adult perspective. Yeah. Do you find that this time around you related more to Tara than you did to the kids? No. I still related to the kids more, but I, I understood, like, Charmaine or, like, some of their choices more. And I hated Max more than I ever have before. Shocking. I'm a hardcore Max apologist. I so heard about get, this. get ready for some drop. Yeah, but no. even even rewatching it, you're still a Max apologist. Well, this rewatching it because I think the the insidious hooks of Samantha Prosser were in my brain, making me hate Max. Previously, I, I was like thinking about it more, and I can definitely see it because. I think the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, I love Max. And yeah. Zoe, who introduced me to it, like, loved Max. And we were all, like, that was, like, a known thing. I didn't know you could not like him. But now I, I like, he's definitely flawed. Like, like every character in the show is flawed. They're, like, mm-hmm. a real person and they're all shitty in their own way. But, um, yeah, it's more it's more prevalent how damaging he is mm. as a as a role and but i also like that the show calls him out for that like the show really calls him out for being 
like like a Sam Shepard character almost and that he's like a cowboy and he needs to go and fix everything and that's like not the world that they live in and I like enjoyed that story but I still like Max and I do think some of the like best series moments come from him like the Turducken incident in the last episode here is like still one of my favorites mm-hmm. and the I guess the episode following Torando in season two where the oh, social the, workers come the, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I really like that whole sequence even though it's like a ridiculous sitcom sequence it's like a ridiculous like sitcom plot that like regular sitcoms would have where it's like the house got hit by a tornado and social services are coming and Tremaine's <laughs> gonna pretend to be your wife it like yeah. feels like that kind of setup but I still love Max in it yeah I mean John Corbett's very charismatic John For Corbett sure. is great and in a way this was like the perfect episode to have you on for because the last half of season three focuses so much on Max mm-hmm. in a way yeah. that the rest of the series kind of didn't. Yeah. That's true. True, true. So should we get into it? Let's get into so it. So not a lot happens in the first two episodes of this. Um, yeah, well, this Kite Boy kills himself. True. R.I.P. Right. Kite Boy. Yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> Eddie Izzard's previous success story, a child who thought that he was a kite, who he convinced wasn't a kite, um, and who like quote-unquote fixed him relapses and thinks that he's a kite again and ties a string to his ankle and jumps off a building and kills himself accidentally sending eddie Izzard into a spiral deep depression his own which sure <laughs> i didn't really buy that as a it's a little out of character i mean yeah he's just like a plot device mostly but he's always so like flipping about literally everything mental illness related yeah. even though it's his mm-hmm. job that it just seemed like he wouldn't be i guess it's because it was his life's work or whatever yeah 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 it's interesting because he's like a voice for the skeptics of did mm-hmm. sort of in this mm-hmm. show and it's interesting like just how they portray him then in terms of that like are they trying to defend people who kind of have that more skeptical viewpoint or like I think I like the show it never wears its sort of biases on its sleeve mm-hmm. it never is like overly prescriptive in what to think um, so him having this like big past failure is like interesting but I think what's weird about it is he doesn't feel like a character to be having his own arc at this point right. like he's sort of sense. going through having his own trouble whereas he was really more of a mirror for Tara as a character and it kind of just goes away, the kite boy thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they kind of nip him in the butt a little early anyway. Um, be- kind of soon after that. So yeah. it's not like... Yeah, true. I guess it was trying to just get him... Because he was facing this turmoil from the college to let her go. And I think that's why he held on even tighter was right. because right. he was like, I don't want to fail again. So I guess it was our... Inter- it was just... I just don't really like the character very much. I never really have. I don't like that he's always barefoot. Oh, yeah. Was this Quentin Tarantino directed? Yeah. Um, So another weird thing in this episode is that um, Max... Tara's in... Okay, I wrote this down. Max and Tara are weirdly in very good moods at the beginning Mm -hmm. of this episode. Yes. And it's commented on by Kate, I think. Like the kids in general. (coughs) Tara's um, always like spazzing out, I feel like, whenever she's in a good mood. Like she'll... Whenever she's present for longer than like an hour. She'll do. She'll do like weird wordplay type things and... We're Mexican-Asian tonight. And dancing. Yes. Or does she say that if someone does? She acts out skiing. Right. Oh my god, I love when she oh, acts on skiing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why does she do She'll that She'll sing for? Jai Ho mm-hmm. at a dinner party to <laughs> impress true. the That's true, it's in character. It's yeah. just only like twice a season. It's yeah. Be- yeah, it's because you see it so rarely that you're like, is this her character? But, I mean, Kate and Marshall had to get their weirdness from somebody. And That's true. true. Vanilla. That's definitely true. Um, so, they decide to sh- throw Charmaine a late... Uh, postnatal baby shower, postpartum, prepartum, <laughs> um, and uh, Max a Beaver Lamp reunion tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. which his bandmate is reluctant to participate in because of his colostomy <coughs> bag. And they, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like yes, that is a good joke, and that is the only reason for the storyline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the final scene where Max is like playing guitar. Yeah. There's no purpose for this. Story. It's it's very no. like mouse rat. 
it's very it's like yeah. Mouse Rat. Yeah. Chris Pratt's band on Parks and Rec from like the first season. Except, it's, yeah, I have a theory about a lot of things related to Beaverland, but I'm gonna get to that later. I think. Okay. Um. <laughs> when we I'm discuss so the series as a whole, uh, what else happens? Blah blah blah. Oh, I'm in season one right now. I have all my tarot notes in the same wow. iPhone note. Oh. Yeah, it's just so I can. Oh, what do we think of um, Kate's new beau, the guy from the airplane? I think he's nothing. <laughs> he's nothing. This. <laughs> Yeah. This rewatch was the most I've ever felt for that storyline. Me too. If only because Kate's so happy. Yeah. Brie Larson sells it. Mm-hmm. But she had to know this was, they were screwing her character. Yeah. And I have right. a theory that Brie Larson, or at least Kate Gregson, in the fictional mm. Kate Gregson, knew the series was ending. <laughs> because she is acting so much and she's also like keeps referencing things like she mentions Jean Stewart and the Tarando oh my god in the same episode or like within two episodes because she's like does no one else realize the series is ending I'm gonna (laughs) do some callbacks and my storyline sucks the thing about her (laughs) and him like and that storyline feeling kind of flat to me there's one line that always sat weirdly with me where she's talking to him at dinner about being um like doing the webcam stuff and being Princess Valhalla Hawkwind and she was like, I was just lost back then. I don't really know what I wanted. And it's so weird to me because first of all, wasn't that like a year ago in the timeline? Isn't she like now 18 and she was like 17 or something? Yeah. Like, Not even a year. Age? Because Charmaine was pregnant already. Right. When... Right. Yeah. It's the <clears throat> timeline of this show is very strange. Yeah. Um, it feels like Kate is now like, a 35-year-old yes. settling yeah. down with a guy like with a kid. We're supposed to think that she's, like, in her mid-20s when yes. she's literally Well, because Brie Larson was literally, like, 24 when they yes. filmed this. Yeah. But yeah. Kate's 15 in season one and 19 in season three. They yeah. also... He yeah. asks her to move to St. Louis, like, so quick. By the time that he asks her to move to St. Louis to be closer to him, they've been official for, like, two weeks at best. Mm. Yeah, and he has an eight-year-old. He has an eight-year-old... It's bad. I think Kate is a great character, and usually the least interesting thing about her, like, is her love interest at the yes. time. Yeah. Except for Gene Stewart, who's, like, the best thing about the entire show. But even <laughs> then, he's not, like... It's not, like, about him and Kate. Yeah. He's just an interest, like, a funny interlude. And the only interesting part about her last boyfriend was the whole, like, he was actually a Republican thing. Yeah. But yeah. even that, like, that whole storyline sucked because you're going to replace Viola Davis with this dude right. for like two episodes yeah. or four episodes and that's the yeah. thing her talking about being like oh i was so lost back then and i'm like kate that's the most interesting period of you being a, as a character like in the whole show like season two is like the best season for kate and probably for most characters yeah uh, I, I, agree. I i feel like if they knew this was going to be the last season they wouldn't have made this be her storyline just like yeah. meeting right. a nice boy well okay maybe i'll just talk about my theory now about okay. Peter lamb and stuff because <clears throat> i have an idea that they so the show Listeners, the show is canceled after this season. My theory is that they didn't, they weren't, they didn't know they were going to be canceled, but they somewhat anticipated it because the ending is not, it's an ending. Like it is an actual ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really a cliffhanger. Like it's, it, it is a cliffhanger of sorts because you don't know what's going to happen, but there is nothing You have an idea of what's going to happen. Like Charmaine and Neil are literally moving out of the state. Yeah. yeah. And like Tara's going, I mean, they would have done a time jump no matter what. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I feel like certain storylines this season, like Beaverland, for example, or Kate's boyfriend, they set them up and, and I feel like they kind of rerouted. Mm. I don't know what the shooting was like or how, if they, how they did it like back then. Cause it's, it is show type. So it's not like an ABC, mm. like week to week type thing, but <laughs> that's one type. Thank but you. I don't know if, um, I feel like it, the way the season plays out, it's almost like they start the season, like, like they have three more seasons planned and then yeah. it ends with like, oh, let's wrap this up. It right. all, yeah. And to that effect, um, I don't actually know what the phrase to that effect means. That's just me <laughs> saying I'm about to say a sentence, but <laughs> the way that the Bryce storyline gets resolved seemed 
very last minute. Yes. Which is basically that she develops this alter <coughs> who is her older half-brother who molested her and Charmaine when they were kids. And Bryce starts killing the rest of the alters. Mm-hmm. And eventually um, <coughs> Tara comes back and like in a sequence in her mind kills Bryce. I don't really... Why do you think it was Rush? I don't, I don't really well, think... It it just seemed pretty easy for something that had mm. his his threat was built up over so many episodes. Yeah. That it felt weird that the solution for her was just to like jump into a lake and that's and, and have a dream. Yeah. I don't know. I think looking back because I was on the TV tropes page mm-hmm. uh, for the show <laughs> today, and uh, it's 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 fairly small, but it's it's substantial enough um they keep referring to it as Tara's suicide attempt and watching it I never really because yes she does jump off a bridge mm-hmm. okay for sure but then the way they it's the end of an episode and then the next scene is her drowning Bryce and Max saves her and then they're fine yeah and then they address that she jumped in a bridge but they never tell anyone else besides and Max knows and so it's almost like brushed away yeah and then she goes into a a rehab program but if I feel like it's because it's such a blase show, like but the stakes are so weird that I feel like yes, if that is generally like she actually tried to kill herself, that feels like a appropriate climax for this storyline. Yeah. But I think the way that it was shot and edited made it feel less like more anticlimactic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It just it to me it felt like it undercut the premise of the show. Mm-hmm. If she's able to make her alters go away just by wishing they would, right. it feels like very yes. Peter Pan. Well, yes. it feels weird because she's then immediately like, I'm going to go into a treatment program even though I have no more alters. Yeah, yeah. But obviously she does, but mm-hmm. she just is and, not transitioning. And also the, the idea that they wouldn't have just gone to Boston to begin with. Well, she didn't, I thought about that, but then she didn't tell, like, Hatteras professor recommends the Boston therapist. And she doesn't her, tell him. she doesn't tell him because yeah. she immediately, almost immediately becomes Bryce full time. Yeah. Right. So yeah. maybe that was. And Bryce is throwing up the pills she takes. So she thinks she has them under control, but she doesn't because he's able to like. Yes. Break out. And I was that. thinking, and I also read on TV tropes. I love having original <laughs> ideas. Um, <laughs> that a theory for, I mean, this isn't like, doesn't really matter, but I think it's interesting. A theory for how the, um, at the end of the last scene, she sees a very battered, like T Allison Buck on a, on the truck. Mm-hmm. They were like, Oh my God, they didn't, <clears throat> they were like, they didn't die fully because um, when Bryce kills all the other altars, he kills like a totem of theirs, like the poncho oh. and and the the book and the um, the teddy bear. And in the beginning of season two, she like throws out all their clothes. Yeah, yeah. So, so. True. Yeah. It's... Before those other altars came out. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why they lived. Yeah. Oh. I don't know, yeah, but would fine. it? But but in that case, wouldn't have throwing out the altar's clothes like prevented them from coming back anyway? Well, but I mean, I'm just as far as Bryce logic goes, like yeah. there was nothing to um, yeah. destroy. I, I thought it was interesting. I also like going back to that though. Why didn't they throw out the poncho of all things? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do that right away. <laughs> like uh, it's covered in pee. Yeah, that's uh, true. But yeah, so um. We're already in the Bryce storyline. We should just probably say Yeah, the Bryce storyline is very interesting to me because Bryce is just evil Kate McKinnon. <laughs> you texted me that. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's actually like, spot on. She just so sounds entertaining. so entertaining. Yes. Um, the word retarded has never been used more on this series. No, or to better effect in perhaps the entire Western canon. (laughs) Just for Bryce Crane calling Francis Conroy. It's the only acceptable use of it. Yeah. Um, From Bryce Crane. Yeah. Are you? It's that, and then there's a cop, um, after Tara jumps off the bridge. Mm -hmm. That was gratuitous. That was weird. Uh, but, so Bryce is basically, I think, um... Is supposed to be the archetype of uh, what's his face from Clockwork Orange. Yeah, I got major like Spring Awakening vibes from Bryce. 
Um, like Hanshin. The one who masturbates. Yeah. Pat McLennan. Yes. Um, he like, okay, so (laughs) Bryce first kills, well, Bryce first reveals himself in the Mm cornfield, which is fun. Yes. Uh, when he kills chicken, which, come on. (laughs) Don't kill chicken first. It's out of line. It's out of line. And then Noah... Marshall's dumbass boyfriend finds Tara, like, in the corn, and she just, like, looks so, like, bemused and kind of tipsy, and she's like... This happens. This happens. This is something that happens. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like... I I feel like Noah's easygoingness with regard to Tara's alters is supposed to be a reason for the audience to like him, but that's unfair because we way. never. Oh, I felt like. Oh really? He... Whenever Noah is like, "Oh, this is fine." I... Well, he thinks it, he's like sickly fascinated by it. Oh. Yeah, he has a like a like a weird stoicism about it mm-hmm. that he's so unaffected that it's like, for me, it it felt like he was going to like. I don't know, this is stupid, but, like, team up with Bryce or something. Because he's also <laughs> very, very cool and, like, weird about it. I don't if, know. Maybe it, that's season four. I don't know if it's <laughs> where we would have gone. Please don't put Noah in season four. <laughs> okay. um, if there's a weird stoicism, I kind of feel like it's just bad acting. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> He was a true. very no, bad that's actor. He wasn't good. And I feel like, why didn't he die? Uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, yeah. We but never see Lionel interact with any of don't. the alters. I realize that now. Like, Lionel never... Um, even voices an opinion about Marshall's yeah, family life. Because my thing was, I felt like um, we, I felt like I was supposed to be endeared by Noah being so willing to kind of just go along with it and like mm-hmm. go looking for chicken in the cornfield. Sure. When past romantic interests have been led to, for instance, leave somebody at the altar because chicken came out. That's, uh, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then in my mind I was like, it's not fair to want me to root for Noah because he's being nice to Chicken when we never even saw how Lionel would behave in this situation. Yeah. Also, we never saw enough of Chicken, if I might say Yeah, so. Chicken or Gimme, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, Gimme after season one. Like, Gimme more Gimme. <laughs> I mean, the best Gimme moment is probably in season two when um, she attacks Sasha Mamet. Um, but... <laughs> Or also the spa. The spa is my That's pretty favorite great. gaming moment. Um, but chicken at the wedding, I guess, is pretty good. Um, anyway, yeah, but when Bryce is revealed in the corn maze at night to... Dr. Hatteras. It's just like, mm-hmm. Bryce, great. <laughs> I'm gonna kill Tara. I'm going to kill her. And he fucking, like, stabs her in the arm at the concert yeah. with oh a beer, broken yeah. beer bottle. Yeah. Which, to be honest, if I had to watch Beaver Lamp perform, I would probably know. cut myself too. You know, though, they weren't bad. <laughs> the song is a little John punchy. Corbett yeah. kind of can sing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he I was trying to spin into a solo music career from this show or not, but... Uh, it was a backdoor pilot for his... <laughs> for Beaver Lamp, the show no one watched. God. It's your father's rock and roll band. Um, oh, also, one more thing I have to say about Beaver Lamp is this perfect line that Charmaine says. She's watching them, like, tune up in the living room, and she goes... I so wanted to be a roadie for the Counting Crows, but I was in massage school... And then I got mono. <laughs> so we want to keep with Bryce. Sorry, I was just had to say. Yeah. That um, Bryce to me, and I think it's like going in with what you were saying, Sam, about how it undermined the premise of the show. Like I think at the start of season three, when Bryce is like a voice in Doctor Hatteras's recording of sessions, or like typing on Tara's computer, you you won't win, and everything. Um, I kind of wanted Bryce to stay as that, like as like an eerie sort of presence that was there. As fun as the performance is, like, because it's yeah. the, the most like kind of hammed up performance oh as a film and everything, mm-hmm. and it's delightful to watch, but it just doesn't feel anywhere like as real as it should be. Or, like, as threatening as it should be, because it just feels yeah. like they had a cool idea for a villain in a show. But it's like, like, I think what DID actually is is like stretched in this show because yeah. of course it's not a documentary it's a metaphor it's a narrative device and like that's all totally understandable but Bryce was like too far for me having a full just like antagonist come out of her and that be like mm-hmm. what we need to defeat 
Yeah. I also mm-hmm. feel like Didn't. Bryce shared many qualities with Buck that, yeah. like, qualities that were present with Buck in the first season. Like the that, homophobia. That I yeah. think rightfully got decreased yeah. as the show went on. I, yeah. I feel like part of the journey of the show of the first season as an audience member was like buck is really uh scary i mean buck is fully like slapping minors asses yeah yeah um and you know talking about his guns and whatnot Mm -hmm. and scaring the shit out of marshall and i feel like bryce kind of retried a lot of those same steps that's true i hadn't thought about that it's also weird when i think the i think there was too much bryce Mm -hmm. screen time but I do think the most effective Bryson was, like, the first time he interacts with, like, the whole family, like, at the funeral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, he, like, tells Charmaine and Neil that he rode the bus with their baby, which is so right. fried up. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the scariest thing. And the look, their acting there is really good, too. Charmaine, um, Charmaine and Neil, like, so horrified. Yeah. And then, like, reading the letter that Lionel wrote to Marshall and all that shit, and they're just all... And it's the way Rosemary DeWitt acts around Bryce too is so great too because yeah. like mm-hmm. she's he's so creepy, mm-hmm. like the way they play up the disgusting things that he yeah. says about like Tara oh, and and Charmaine though about what he did to them just like flippantly. It's, yeah. It's kind of, I mean, but the fact I think it's interesting because they created this villain, and the only thing Tara knows about Bryce is that he molested her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this so of is... course this character is unredeemable and like yeah awful and like it's it's revealed that the real Bryce shot himself and like they go to the grave on like Christmas. Ago, yeah. But I think that <laughs> weird. Yeah. But I I think I think yeah if they had had like one or two really well placed like scenes with yeah. that instead yeah. of like these it's a weirdly long like two episode because he's kind of just hanging out. Like, he yeah, just moves the, in with them. The stakes like, are weird there. because there's, this is all an internal battle. Yeah. Right, right. That we don't see. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's everyone else kind of still living around it. Yeah. Yeah. It, Max really frustrates me in these episodes because I wanted them to lock her up. Yes. To be honest. Just like, have her come in. She's making threats like at least put her in a place where she where bryce can't throw up her medication because they're going to give it to her intravenously or whatever yeah yeah and when he he goes to call max goes to call dr hatteras and charmaine is like what the fuck is he going to do yeah and charmaine is like no she like poisoned him with crab he's not helping her anymore he's like no one's helping tara where's the net and i'm like he was a professor. They were working on a paper together. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. treating her. I talked about this there last week. There was no, like, it was like, safety there. There was no sort of agreement. She hasn't had a real therapist in season one. Because her other I therapist know. is herself. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. <laughs> they dropped the ball a little. After Dr. Ocean, it's just, like, downhill. Yeah, even with Dr. Ocean. Dr. Ocean didn't know anything. It's just, like, I'm sure there's some doctor in Kansas. Yeah. At least one. At least a regular therapist. Right. Just go, like, calm yourself down, like, yeah, talk least, things out. At least if she's not going for a DID, she could go for, like, her PTSD. Right, something. True, yeah. I don't know. It, it was just very irresponsible that they didn't have her committed. Yeah, especially, like, having their kids in the house. I mean, when yeah. when Max comes down into the basement <coughs> and he's like, Marshall, you gotta help out. Like, my shit bucket's full. And Marshall's like, my ex-boyfriend literally just, just died. And my mother is threatening everybody. Like, what? Mm-hmm. They like, should have committed her after she took the baby on the bus to, yeah. like, a random field. Even, <clears throat> I, I, like, I totally understand Tara for this, but the fact that she wanted to spend time with Wheels so badly. That she didn't tell Charmaine what had happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even the fact that before that she wasn't like, maybe I shouldn't like be around this baby because anything can happen with me at any time so unless i'm like more sure about it i shouldn't spend the day alone with oh yeah defenseless baby wheels and they poison she poisoned her professor yeah Yeah, like there was a lot of red flags that she should be committed she was literally Mm -hmm. homicidal that's such a good scene yeah it is it is the poison scene later when marshall's like paging dr crab allergy (laughs) that is a good scene though yeah 
I Kate is so good though in these last few episodes. Like she, yeah. her support of Tara yeah. is so refreshing after so long. She feels like the most like well balanced person in that family at mm-hmm. that point. The only one who's not kind of buckling under everything. She's like well adjusted somehow, which is like the opposite of the first season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of Kate. I'm so proud of Kate. I love Kate Craig. I feel like if we had gotten another season, Marshall probably would have made me proud too. The one thing, yeah, I'm so sad that there's no other season. Yeah, should we talk about the Marshall storyline? Okay, well, that's another thing I changed my views on a little bit. I'm still mad at him for the way he treats everybody, Mm -hmm. and he just is an asshole. But when he had his big fight in New York with Max this time, actually I was on Marshall's side. I wasn't really on either. More than I ever have been. Okay. Because I used to be like, why did he make a movie like, like to humiliate his dad, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually for his dad, and it's also like positive yeah, and hurtful. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Marshall creates a short film that gets screened at a film festival in New York based on uh, his family life, specifically based on his dad's love for Tara. And the whole thing, we don't really see a lot of it, which um, doesn't... Really, and it's weirdly like it, in stop motion. Yeah, very like bad stop motion. Yeah, horrible stop motion. And a very scary headless imagery moment with uh, Tony Collette, which I didn't appreciate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely uh, not a film I want to see. Like those kind of <laughs> student stop motion films. Like, no, thank you. I'm, I'm yeah. glad Jim Jarmusch didn't go to your film. I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, my thing, I wish that we had seen more of the film, just just so that I would have known what Max and Marshall were fighting about right. later on. Because it seemed very, it, it seemed like a very positive depiction of... But it, it's also I kind of, know. it's yeah. like, my mother's so ill and my dad just holds out hope. Like, right. I it, mean, it is kind of undermining this. Max situation. sounds a bit like an idiot. At the the cl- biggest clip we see is like the ending, and at the end where he, Max is... Like, in the interview, he was like, just hold on, and another day comes along, right? And, like, the way that's positioned, it does make him sound like he's fooling himself to kind of keep the family together, which I guess is what's happening. It is what's happening. It's kind of a prediction of what happens in the next four episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But he, Max gets so butthurt about it. And Marshall does make points, like, literally, like, it's a small, contained film about one thing. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's more layered in real life, but this is what I was focusing on, a real, actual aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. And Max was never supportive about the film. Anyway, like, he took him to New York. He was basically just calling him out on his bullshit because he's never there for the kids. And he, we've talked about this. He never... Mm. He always chooses Tara over them. Yeah. Even though... I don't know. I... I didn't like either of them in that fight, but I did understand Marshall's perspective more than yeah. I usually do when I watch that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see both of them, because I can see Max being like, I just flew this kid to New York, and I'm scared of flying, and I paid for all this, and <laughs> it, the movie is like a takedown of me as a father, and like that would be <laughs> devastating to see. I guess so, you're right. But you can, you can also see, like, that's Marshall's only way to express what he's experiencing in the family, and it's like a crazy experience he's having, yeah. so... Like, a good father would be like, well, I should listen to this and, you know, try and understand him through it. Yeah. Wait, can you pass me a tissue? Here's the box. <laughs> oh, Sam just wrote, I hate Max mm-hmm. in her notes. Yeah. There's always a reason. I hate all vomit scenes. Okay. Every... The, okay. <laughs> Number one, the worst thing that Bryce did over the course of this series is make Tara vomit up her medication because then I had to watch all these vomit scenes that I never asked for and that I hated thoroughly. But the worst vomit scenes when Kate projectiles at the Barnabies. Yes, that was horrible for as no well. reason. I think Diablo Cody likes vomit. Speaking of well, Tony I don't, and she vomit. should. I just watched Knives Out like two days ago. Ooh. Oh there's yeah, there's vomit in there. there. Like, oh yeah, lots of vomit. vomit. You don't like watching vomit scene. I hate it. Mm. I, I like... do too. Rip. You remember that movie Osmosis Jones? It literally <gasps> activates oh by gag Yeah. Is it, but the worst part of the movie is when he like when he eats up like the egg off the, the ground and then throws up. Yeah. All I remember is him vomiting in real life on a person. Ew. Bad. 
Yeah, um, <laughs> bad. <laughs> why? I wonder why. Okay, so with Marshall's storyline, I wonder why they killed Lionel. Yeah, I don't know yeah. any of the behind-the-scenes stuff. The actor didn't just leave or anything, right? Like I they think just so, chose no. to because they just chose to do it yeah. for Marshall. It is the most abruptly buried gay I've like ever experienced. Oh, for sure. Like, he wasn't even in stunning. Like the two previous episodes, the last time we see him, he's in the car, right? With but that's Marshall? like two whole episodes yeah, before. It's so a weird. Really long time ago. And, and he's like, a sad last scene for it Lionel. Is. Also, I it hate, kind of hate Marshall in that scene a lot. Yeah, I really don't. I didn't see, like, if they were gonna kill Lionel, I didn't. I don't think they should have had them break up. Yeah. It was weird. Like, what is Noah's purpose? Yeah. Just have Lionel be an interesting... Even have him be an instigator for this whole movie thing. Why not right. have Lionel do it? It, it felt right. so weird to have all these different things. It, and it's weird to introduce, like, Noah's replacing Lionel. And then when they're going to the film premiere, they're like, Oh, Noah can't go for some reason. Because his just, dad's his homophobic, homophobic or something. Yeah, but, they like, say it's a throwaway line. Jutopia to have sex with your filmmaker boyfriend. That's <laughs> the line that they use. But yeah, like, why would they... What do you think, Sam? Oh, I'm just looking at this interview with Diablo Cody because I wanted to see if um, there was, like, any reason why they killed and Lionel. Wait, what's the interview about? this interview it's just a, this morning. Yeah, just... Yeah. I never read it. It's just her talking about United States of Terra's cancellation, and they, they found out that it was canceled after they had already, like, written and filmed the finale. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So but I, I, mean, I do think she says in there though that um, they were they never felt sure that they were going to get another like every season they were kind true. of trying to plan to it, make it so that that's it's okay true. if they do get canceled. Yeah. Yeah. All finales are all finale, are pretty yeah, final in the show except the second season finale at least had the Bryce thing, mm. which didn't feel like cancelly. Yeah. Like, the first season, you could easily end at the bowling alley, and, like, the show could have ended or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think each season is its own show. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um. <coughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It, it felt kind of weird to have Tara and Marshall have their final reconnection. They've had a lot. Yeah. yeah. They're always... To have it at Lionel's, like, memorial curb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I guess season three is like, especially the second half is like so busy. Like there's so much yeah. going on and everything is being tied up. And like, why kill off this character who had, like, you kind of written him out anyway. Like they basically, yeah. like yeah. he wasn't in the show anymore. Like Lionel and Marshall aren't, re- like they're still friends, but they don't really hang out. They aren't even doing the film together. So I just be like, by the way, Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. Like on top of everything else. Like I just... <laughs> We'll never understand that. And also, I really love the character of Lionel. Like, I think he's really well done. And I think... Yeah, and he's so much more interesting than Noah. Yeah, so much yeah. more interesting. Also, like, maybe more interesting than Marshall. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> my hot take. I'm glad you like Lionel. <laughs> yeah, well, I think... I like Lionel, too. The show feels ahead of its time a little bit for gay characters because just, like, having a gay character, you're, like, semi-ahead of your time already. But then having one who's, like... I don't fit in with the normal stereotypical gays. And then Lionel is like a voice for those stereotypical gays yeah. and he's not like a vapid asshole. Like he he's a three-dimensional character yeah, with yeah. his own life. And like yeah, he's a little bit like I mean he's a little bit of a vapid oh, asshole. Oh, he's but he totally has an inner catty <laughs> a lot of the time, but like they yeah. don't just dismiss him at that. Like there is there's yeah. more to Having him. Having multiple and I loved him gay that. perspectives was pretty revolutionary. Yeah. Definitely. Normally there's one token gay character and now you get Even like, with like Ted and even oh with, yeah, and I Annie. Love Even with um, Tara for a little bit, kind of. Yeah. Oh yeah. True. I wanted Charmaine to have a girlfriend. I feel like that would have been good. Yeah, me too. What about Abby, the other mom at the spa? That she oh my god. Oh my god. Also, a really random. Really random. Is that the same one? Is at the park later? Wine mo- yes, Charmaine's yes, wine mom friends. So that yeah, she makes a mommy book club where yeah. they all are well, drinking. Speaking of lesbians, I thought Abby. That's what she was saying because they they're talking about how their kids are falling over, mm-hmm. and she's going, "Well, I want Michelle Kwan." But my little girl's a klutz. And I, like, didn't realize that's what she meant. 
by I want Michelle Kwan until uh, she Oh, like two separate. It was like <laughs> I want Michelle Kwan and my Cognitive dissonance for me watching that scene. But no. In the Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> I am... Um, yeah, Charmaine one... was racist in that spa scene. Super Charmaine is racist. racist in yeah. that scene. They go out of their way to point out. And transphobic in the earlier in the season. But we love oh, her. Sorry. Wait, we didn't ask him. Oh, oh yeah. Charmaine it's... is probably my favorite character. Oh, okay, thank I God. It took us six episodes. <laughs> Just kidding. Brandon Does no one else like Charmaine? No. no. Uh, only us and my boyfriend and uh, no one else. <laughs> Charmaine because... is incredible. Like, But as a character, she's portable. such an incredible person. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think she has so the best season three storylines, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Because they don't really know what to do with her until this season, and then they give her way more to do than they ever did, and it's all it's all interesting. I love um, that she actually poses for the tit cake pictures. Yes, because it opens like the scene opens in the middle of them taking those pictures, and then she's like, "I don't want to do this anymore." And it's like you got into the outfit to begin with. Like, and what did that conversation? <laughs> Wait, what was the tit cake thing? Um, they wanted to, Max and Neil wanted to make a restaurant that was like oh, Hooters, but with pancakes. I never connected that to that scene. <laughs> I thought they were just having a photo shoot. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I like really respect her too for like, as soon as she finds out about Bryce taking wheels, like you, you could think that'd be the end of the line, mm-hmm. but she is immediately just a protective sister. Because she finally just, she's like, we've got to get her help right now. Yeah, Charmaine has this running thread throughout the series of whenever everybody else is mad at Tara, she's the only person Mm -hmm. sticking up for her. Mm -hmm. And then when everybody else is okay with Tara, she's the only one kind of calling her out, which I really like. And Kate kind of joins her in that as well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's kind of the only way to like maintain a relationship with Tara in a sense yeah. like mm-hmm. sort of they both kind of figure out the same thing yeah what else did she do Charmaine. she reveals that she lost her virginity when she was 11 while Tara was in the room <laughs> oh yeah just offhandedly yeah <laughs> I don't know how you don't know you're in the room maybe it was tea God. there's a lot of sad scenes in this um one of yeah. the okay going back to lionel for a minute one of the things that made me so mad was the scene before the funeral um when neil asks if it's an open casket funeral and max is like judging by the report i doubt he's in any shape for that like why are you making why? quips about this child's violent death this family has to make quips about everything that's their prerogative the literal like funeral is just them making puns about the headline of his death even marshall yeah which like train trains train and a train (laughs) train crash at train bash Mm -hmm. i don't know about that it was weird (laughs) every time i watch that scene i'm like uncomfortable i'm like i get it that like when you're so shocked by grief that like you you sometimes it comes out in funny ways, but why does everyone take such mirth in this young, dead, gay youth? It's just most young youth. To me, it's like only Marshall is allowed to make those jokes. Right, Right. and he does. Like, there's no reason for anybody else to. The only, like, emotional moment with Lionel's death was when he was watching the video. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so That's sad. gut-wrenching. And, and Lionel's talking about how he's not going to be in New York for real. He's like, oh, I know, I'll just be at, like, Kansas. Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah. It's like, oh, sad. Yeah. And Marshall's crying, which is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird, it's such a weird, and also a weird character to kill off in the middle of all the Bryce stuff. Yeah. Someone right. completely disconnected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and Lionel should have been more connected to the altars. Like, feels like a big missed opportunity. Like him interacting yeah. with them could have been really good. I wanted Lionel and Bryce to get into like a gay rights argument. <laughs> like, imagine if Lionel's still alive and Bryce comes in and like starts making homophobic remarks, and everybody else is ignoring it, and Lionel's like, Bleh. yeah. I'd imagine. If anyone else had been killed off, though, I would have literally been so sad. 
Yeah. Like who, like Neil. Oh my god, if Neil had been killed <gasps> off, I don't think I would have oh ever forgiven to Cody. I would never watch the show again. Yeah. <laughs> I also knew, I remember I spoiled for myself that Lionel died before I saw it. I don't remember oh. if I did. I might have. I definitely did. Yeah. I definitely did not. I was shocked when that happened and how it's just like in a classroom they're like by the way he's dead moving on now mm-hmm. that scene what? was so abrupt yeah yeah problematic mm-hmm. um... Frances Conroy returns <laughs> oh yes she has a great moment she tells Bryce if you touch my tree I'll break oh. your fucking fingers that's a great moment did she just say jizz she also yeah. says that at one point. She is only in season three, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think she's a really, like, really clever inclusion, like, by the writers to inform Max's character that way. Yes. He's been doing the same thing his whole and life. And she's such an interesting, logical, very different from Tara's mom. Like, extremely yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love when, um, she just loves Christmas so much. It's weird that Marshall mm-hmm. goes to live with her for five minutes and then comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really... Yeah. I liked her reintroduction to the family, but it's almost yeah. like they just liked having her do it so much that they yeah. like, just come back for one more episode. Well, there's that moment when Marshall's like, my bucket is full and I have to go, and Max is kind of like, well, do you know where you're going? And Let me know when you get there. And it feels very final, but he kind of just went to his grandmother's house for like a day. Which yeah, is and like she a very normal lived very thing. close because right. he would have been in the same school if he lived with her. Apparently. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really <coughs> dumb when Charmaine and Neil suggested that Marshall come with them to Houston for all of three months. Mm-hmm. And it's like the middle of the school year, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just for your. You education. know what, Francis Conroy's best moment is though. I think besides break your fucking fingers is when uh, Bryce like starts playing with her Christmas ornaments and she starts rapidly reciting like the bible, the bible mm-hmm. passage of jesus's birth like <laughs> like, like i could do it right now probably um it's mm-hmm. the same one as charlie brown but i have a voice um yeah what did we think of there was this new narrative device introduced in the literal finale <laughs> yes of like what Max wants to say versus what he oh, actually says. Where... Very not what done well because by the time he's actually ranting, you don't know if it's actually a fantasy or not. Yeah. Well, I thought that that was on purpose. Right. And yeah. then when it stays that way, it's like, oh, this is for real. Yeah. I just thought it was really disturbing when one of them was him strangling Ted. Yeah. Right. I didn't like that because I see Ted as my future self. Yeah. Just the parallels between it, me and it, her are actually crazy. It felt like a hate crime. Yeah. Max a is, little bit. Max is no stranger to hate crimes. <laughs> that is true. I don't think Max has much regard for anyone besides Tara, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He beats That's people true. up. He fucks with Pammy. Like, well, God. as the Max Defender, he beat that <laughs> one guy up, and Neil says, You've never laid a hand on anyone before in your life. So he's actually fairly unviolent for a very violent person. He's as not violent as a violent person. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think those. I like actually think they're really funny every time he sort of like snaps and it's like, What's happening inside his head? Um, and I guess the point is that. You think that's what's happening the last time at the dinner, and then it turns mm. out to be real, so it's that's like a, a double mm-hmm. bluff sort of thing. And it but it's just free. so weird that that never happens any other time in the show, like any sort of um, false reality things like that. Yeah, and it just suddenly happens in the last episode. Well, maybe it's, like, it's a comment on we've, we live in Tara's head so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we now live in, let's live in Max's head for the final yeah. episode. I don't know. I really... Um, this is going back a little bit, but what did you think of the uh, alters individual death scenes? Sad. It's very disturbing. Like when the Buck one is also so early. I mean, I guess mm. we weren't. You know what? No, Buck deserved a better. Buck did. I Buck think is so important in season two and one. True. Yeah. But I like that they. I like that each of their scenes are like. This is while Tara's in full Bryce mode all the time, and like. Like, Buck scene is with Max. T scene's obviously with Kate. And Max's scene is with... Or Alice is with Max. Alice is with Mark. Which is so... The saddest one, I think. Yeah. When Alice is, like... Because, like, Alice knows that if she 
comes out, she's going to die. But right. she, like, wants to make sure Marshall... The scene with Alice and Marshall makes me cry every time. It's really All well of two done. times that I've seen it. And <laughs> T with Kate as well as, like... Oh, my God. Also, I just T figured out that T killed herself. herself. Because she tried to bargain with Bryce with a blowjob, apparently. And it was unsuccessful. Yeah. And so she kills herself with... With codeine and bourbon, yeah, inside Tara's mind. <laughs> Absolutely wow. insane. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, it feels like it happens just so fast. Like it's kind of like <coughs> Bryce is killing the altars, and like Chicken is the first one, and then it's like two altars seem to die per episode until the finale. It's like yeah, no, it's um, it's, it's Chicken first, and then it's Gimme and Shoshana. Shoshana was killed very unceremoniously. Yes. Maybe that's why I feel this way, because Shoshana is probably my favorite altar. Like, Mine too. Ever. They should have had Shoshana talk to Charmaine or something. I don't know. I want them all to talk to someone. They should have had yeah, Shoshana get Max. Chicken ducks to the baby. Chicken ducks to Will. <gasps> Actually, that would be so that good. Would be that would be cute. Shoshana that. should have given Max one last blowjob. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> Gimme, yeah, gimme too. Well, but the the best part about gimme, gimme should have given Max one last blowjob. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) You wanna fuck the pumpkin? It's It's fun. fun. So yeah, gimme's killed by Bryce impaling the poncho on like a bulletin board while wearing a jacket on, and then he's not a fake pumpkin head because when she's fucking it, it seems to creak like plastic. And then when she and it also is fully like carved, like with a face in Mm -hmm. it. When Bryce has like humping the sculpture at the art museum too. Oh my god! (laughs) Tony Collette was like, I hope it all came from her. I don't know. She was like, (laughs) What if I like fucked a pumpkin? (laughs) What if I like fucked a pipe? Pipe. It has, what if I, it, I can't do it today. Don't do it. <laughs> I can't do it today. It has well, the same know. energy as that procrastination montage from one of the last episodes. Oh, with the bongos? And then one of them is just her with her hair down playing the bongos. Oh what if one of them is like her fucking a pumpkin and the other one's like her blowing the axe? <laughs> okay. Um, I, well, I, I love the Bryce line where at the funeral he's like... Um, it's impossible for a man to masturbate in this house. And it's like, don't worry, I always find a way to whack it. <laughs> I just love that one. Hey, Marshall, you're still chugging cock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What about her hair? Her hair is brilliant. I loved the shot of um, the, the pan of, like, Tara cutting off her... Oh, yeah. Bryce cutting off Tara's braid, and then it pans to Max it's looking horrified. I know. And it's he, like, like throws it at him. I love that. Yeah. And then Max is, like, living alone in the house for days while Bryce is just in Marshall's room. So stabbing absurd. It's, yeah, it's weird. I guess... I guess they became accustomed to weird things like that and living with it. Yeah. And that's why they just took no action. Bryce has, like... <laughs> Bryce has written his name on the door and did like a devil tail on the bottom of the Y. And then just stabbed scissors in the middle of the door. Oh. Yeah. Oh gosh. So wait, what if we I don't know. What if we like came up with some ideas for season four? Um What would you want to see happen? I would have wanted Neil and Charmaine to move back to Kansas. I'm sure they would have. Because I don't buy them moving to Houston and just being there full time. No, in the first mm. episode, it probably would have been. They either would have dropped that entirely, or <laughs> or <laughs> would have just been like, yeah, we didn't move. It was too hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I want to see Kate date somebody her own age. I want Kate to have a oh, storyline. Yes, I want Viola Davis to come back. Like, yeah. I... Oh my God, I have an idea. Oh. Kate goes to college. She decides to go to college. And Viola's her, like, teacher. Her art teacher. teacher. Yes. Yes. God. But, like, T is there and enrolls in the class. T enrolls in the class. T is also going to college. I mean... An extremely goofy United States. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, back to zany adventures. Like, how in season one it was just, like, an altar is just showing up somewhere and it's, like, a crazy... They would have had to decompress somehow from this season. Yeah. 
Definitely. It would have picked up like six months in the future. Yeah, I feel like Marshall they would, would have be done like a, a time jump or something. I could finally. see them doing a time jump to like Marshall's first year of college, and maybe if they want mm. to keep Charmaine and Neil in Texas, he goes to like school in Texas. Are you proposing a weird Arrested Development season four where everyone's separated? No. Don't love that. Um, yeah. But Liza Minnelli could be in Tara season four. <gasps> that would be good. Uh, or just a new altar who is an Liza. impression of Liza Minnelli. Oh my god, yeah, there would be a new altar. But how do you talk See... Bryce Crane? Yeah. <laughs> where do you go? Where do you like, go? How do you there? go higher than that? That's the thing. I do feel like they felt some pressure to like come up with new altars every season because that's kind of what the people want to see from the show. And it's the conceit yeah. of the show. It's the conceit of the show for sure. But at a certain point, I felt like they should have stopped and developed what they had more. Like there yeah. just is not enough Shoshana or Chicken or Kimmy, and like no. I wish the third season had more of them. Yeah. The only Especially people really get developed, the alters, I mean, are the original three, which yeah. is fair, but also not really, because T spends... T becomes a gutter punk. She spends all of season two in Seattle. <laughs> Alice spends most of season two away. She finally admits that she had a relationship with their neighbor. Don Hubbard, yeah. yes. In her last scene with Marshall. That's the content I want for season four, is like, not enough about... Don Hubbard is explained because that's like a big mystery and she's like I remember this house and she wakes up on his grave and then it's like well anyway season three I know I'm not gonna mention it it's just like they explain it all but never at the same time so you have to kind of Mm -hmm. you can kind of piece it together together. but it's like weirdly yeah I don't know and he it's sort of implied he killed himself because oh because the the, the, altars went away yeah yeah. which is crazy yeah. They were like his only friends. But then they never care that Buck was having the affair. But so was Alice. God. Mm. Yeah. 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 Alice just knew how to keep her affairs well, in she's, order. Yeah, she's a 50 Yeah, Alice just knew how to yeah, literally keep her hold affairs it down. Order. See, I watching, I know this is like so far away from what we're supposed to be talking about, but watching season two, I was always had a suspicion that Alice or someone killed Hubbard. Uh, because it was gonna come to light because he killed himself in like a crazy way also yeah it's true so it was bryce it was maybe it was bryce (laughs) maybe Maybe. bryce made out with marshall's love interest in season one (laughs) oh my god jason maybe bryce peed on everybody maybe bryce is all of them well, technically, he is. Uh, United States of Bryce. No. And he just replaces You know, I would character. want, like, a bottle episode of Every Altar. Mm. Just, yeah, like, they're by themselves sure. and, like... Just how they live. Yeah. That would have been interesting. They never bottle episoded. Yeah. No, except the tornado part, kind of. But, but I do appreciate that all everyone has, like, a little bit of a storyline in each episode. Mm. Um... I just miss them all. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to move on to awards? <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. All right. The good parts. Huh. So here on the Tony Awards, we give three awards to everything we watch. First of which is best prop. So what were everybody's best props? Um, I had it written down, but I lost it. Oh. Um, no, I don't have it right now. I'm trying okay. to look for it. Does anyone uh, else go first? My best prop was Max's eyeliner in the Peter <gasps> Lamb sequence. So very interesting. Good. Very yeah. subtle, very nuanced. <laughs> very nuanced, yeah. Kind of a good look for him. Yeah. Can I do a um, recurring character bit as a prop? Yeah. I'm going to, because yes. we didn't mention it. Um, this happens twice in the show. Uh, in the series, and it's um, someone walking into the bathroom that Tara is in, and she goes, "Oh my god, what if, what if I was snake? What if I was snake? What if I was, you know?" <laughs> it happens in season two finale with her father, and it happens when Marshall walks in while she's looking at the cut she has from Bryce, and it's so, it's just like Tony going, "What if I was naked? Whatever." <laughs> That's my best prop. Is Tara's "What if I was blank?" Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, my best prep I had was um, the turducken that Max punches in the finale. Mm -hmm. Just because the way it holds up, it's not like, that's not how normal food should act. Like, it survives, (laughs) like, six punches, and it still (laughs) maintains its integrity. But also, I just love that scene, and I love his whole speech. I think it's great. Maybe they reinforced it so that he would have had to act harder. Maybe. (laughs) And then he throws it against the wall, and they're all like, too far. Yeah. <laughs> Can, uh, next is best Tony moment. So what were your guys' best Tony moments? There's so many. So many. Um, can I go first? Yeah. Because I'm going to take the very last shot of the series. Mm. Sorry. Um, but it's just so... Like, she's headed to therapy. She sticks her head out the window of the car and the breeze blows. And Tony smiles. She's like... <laughs> gonna be okay putting myself together they're gonna not take out the good parts because my children are my good parts and my sister (laughs) my husband that's it what was yours um mine was uh as eddie Izzard is dying from crab poisoning (laughs) when bryce is imitating his choking to him (gasps) and it's so awful like i hate that it's in the episode in a sense but um i also love it i love the pettiness of it true it's beautiful and how traumatizing for kate and charmaine's first introduction of bryce to be yeah literally killing someone in front of them (laughs) (laughs) yeah kate has a really good moment in that scene of when she's calling the ambulance she picks up the can of crab from like the garbage and is like it was crap <laughs> i actually have a quote because i was watching it with subtitles on and in the background she's on the phone and she says the line i don't know how old he is he has a beard <laughs> i fucking love it so much like what you know kate never has any like trauma about anything no. She she doesn't she at all. She truly does not yeah. be effect, is not affected by anything. No. Yeah, love her. Uh, my best Tony moment was uh, when Bryce kills Chicken in the cornfield and then says to Doctor Hedders, "I'm going to kill her." <laughs> any, I, any Bryce moment. I kept trying to do like the Bryce face like in my phone camera last night, and I I couldn't do it. <laughs> We're doing it right now. It's so scary. We should post our Bryce faces on uh, the the Instagram. A visual interactive podcast. Yeah, yeah. So now we have a custom award, uh, which can be anything we want. Uh, My custom award was best slang moment goes to Tara for saying, see you guys on the flippity flop. And then after she leaves, Max is like, that's college, Tara. That's oh yeah, that's college. Is college Tara like? Is this an, an altar? altar okay, stop <laughs> asking Tara if she's an altar. She doesn't that's my, like it. That's my oh. least favorite part of the entire series. Is whenever somebody's like, "Are you an altar, Tara?" Like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the one with a birth certificate isn't an altar. <laughs> well, we never know. Um, my custom word is going f- to be cutest. Well. It was going to be Worst Husband Ever Award. Season's <laughs> running. I, I make, love the drama. I'm going to make peace and go with the Best Siblings Ever Award for yeah. Marshall K. Because when they sing that song <gasps> in the bed together. Lemonade, crunchy ice, drink it once, drink it twice. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. that is. And Neither I always do I. forget about that scene. Um, and it's just so pure. Yeah, and, watching know. the like. Um, Looking at the title of the next episode, it was like crunchy ice. I know. What does that refer to? And it's like it's like in season one when Tara and Charmaine sing their little sister song. Oh yeah. And I, you know what? No other media has ever made me um, want siblings. Not want, but like feel <laughs> like I could be emotionally bonded to a sibling. Mm. Uh, the way this show yeah. does. You're an only the child as well, right? I'm or... not. No, I have right. an older brother. <laughs> yeah, that's sorry. right. Yeah, you, you and you I guys... have fully talked about him before. Do you guys um, sing Crunchy Ice together? No, we've maybe you never could. done that. So maybe I don't really have a brother as much <laughs> as I thought that I did until now. <laughs> yeah. What is your custom award? My custom award is for the most 
authentic New Yorker in a side <laughs> character in a TV show, and it's the hot dog vendor that Max and Marshall get a hot dog from, and he says, you don't want to use the, like, spicy sauerkraut. And they go, why not? And his response is, it turns your dog into an enema. Some people like that, but me, I like to stay bunged up. <laughs> and that's, like, every interaction I have with when I get street food in New York, and I just thought that was so true to life. <laughs> I know? liked it. They always when... compare it to animals right when I'm standing there. Do they really? No, that's never happened <laughs> once. I like it when Max asks Marshall what he wants to do first, and Marshall's like, I'm going to jaywalk, and then he, like, they sails like, down the street. That is very true. Because yeah. when I'm, like, when I visit other cities, I try to jaywalk, and people are like, <gasps> what are you doing? <laughs> yep. I'm like, yes. I'm walking here. They'll give you a ticket yeah. in L.A. Yeah, they will. Fuck Max up. has a I'm walking here moment when he's walking across in oh the taxi near the center. I love doing that though. It's great. He's screaming at taxis. In freshman year, Nancy Pop told me that sometimes when a car is coming down the street that you're crossing, you just have to like look the driver in the eyes and hold up one hand and be like, no. <gasps> Wait, I do that. No, what I do is when I cross and like there's a car at a reasonable distance away, but I they could still hit me if they wanted to. Yeah. I'm like, I just like stare into the windshield and like do a kind of a Bryce <laughs> potentially I'll usually just go you want to hit me while looking in my eyes yeah. yeah sometimes I want them to because you want to watch I the light leave my eyes mm-hmm. True. Yeah. oh my god I totally forgot about Marshall's Harry Potter um, Voldemort moment with Bryce when he's like you don't know love oh my god you don't love anybody yeah. and I feel sorry for you <laughs> and then Bryce is destroyed that would have been good but yeah <laughs> she would turn fun. into dust like Voldemort does yeah <laughs> yeah okay um now we move on to plugs does do we anybody... have to move on no Tara please stay with us does anybody have anything else to plug I don't know why you're looking at me. I'm I don't sure know why. either. I, uh, well, Is it because I just brought up enemas? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good. I one. can leave. I can go. That's a Diablo Cody worthy. Uh, I okay. if, if only things had aligned so that I was old enough to write for United States Atara. So, um, audience listeners, let us know if you want us to um, develop a sub podcast that's okay. only episode by episode of United States of Terror. I don't think the episodes are... I mean, imagine our episode for season three, episode six. It would be four minutes long. We could just talk about the actress who plays their mom, because she's also in Parks and Rec. We could, like, do a retrospective. Wait, the... um... Tara's mom's actress is yeah Leslie she's Leslie Nope's mom yes I remember yeah, that. She, yeah. she did the same character yeah <laughs> and she's someone else's mom as well in something oh else. she's my mom oh that in real sense. life right 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 okay. yeah it's like an expanded universe <laughs> so... where she just plays everyone's mom this is the end of our podcast <laughs> no plugs only enemas farewell my good parts <laughs> goodbye, goodbye. Uh, oh oh um we learned to love the ride Bye. Oh, beautiful.